Hey, it's the Graveyard Girls. How are you today, Amelia? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm quite chilled. That's all right for you. Oh, yeah, I know. Sorry. I kind of abandoned you at yeah. work. You all right? I guess. Maybe. That, that's a no. <laughs> well, I've got an interest. Well, an unusual case today. So hopefully it might cheer you up a little bit. It's one will get, well, it's one will get you thinking because I don't know whether you will agree with me or if you won't. I feel like there might be a part of it where you might be like, no, I don't agree with that. Like, I don't know. But I'm, <laughs> I feel like initially you might not agree with what I think. Okay. And then I might be able to not turn you, but it's, I'm going to turn you. <laughs> but I'm hoping I'll be able to explain it enough in a way and go through it that actually you think oh no actually i see where you're coming from now okay because this case is unusual because mm. it's basically the case it's a murder mm-hmm. that is technically unsolved but it isn't it isn't there was a perpetrator okay. he was sent to a coroner's court in which he was found guilty but that was then hurried through to a criminal court and in the criminal court he was found not guilty okay. so he was set free it caused a bit of uproar and still today everyone is certain that this person did it. So they're like, it's like they're certain the murderer got away. Okay. And it seems pretty clear cut at the beginning. But then as we discovered, I went down, did that usual thing of what I do if I end up down a bit of a rabbit hole and then I discovered something else. And actually for me, it's it's an unsolved case, but then it becomes a case of reasonable doubt Okay. for me because there's some things in it that make me question whether he did actually do it. Like for me, like... Everyone's so certain about it, even today. Like, this case is from 150 years ago, and they're still using it to reference things today. You know, like, in terms of, like, how unsafe it is for women mm. um, to be alone at night, and, like, how women should be able to go out at night, which is right. We should we, be able to go out safely. Um, and they use... They make reference to this a lot of women's charities, um, especially because um, last year, I think, was 150th anniversary. And okay. since this case... yeah. And they were saying, like, it's a warm way, obviously a woman was attacked alone mm. in the night. Like, it wasn't safe her. And the, the reason this guy got away was because of his high status. And I was like... I have no I idea think... what you're on about. Obviously, I'll get into it in a bit. Yeah, but yeah. for me, it was where they mentioned this. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, Natasha will like this. It's like a good case. Like, we're looking into, like, things about women. And I was like, it really mm. caught my eye. And again, obviously, like, it must be a massive thing if they're still referencing it today. Because I was just saying, like, men get away with a lot of things depending on who they are. And I thought, yeah, they've made good references. And then when I got stuck down this rabbit hole, it's a bit like, oh, okay, but actually I have a bit of a doubt. Where I'm not saying this guy couldn't have done it, but there's enough doubt that it would be, if I was in that jury, I'd have reasonable doubt. Okay. So I'll basically get into the case yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and explain it. So obviously, as I've said, this goes back to the 19th century and it concerns the death of a lady called Jane Maria Clausen. I don't know if you've heard of her. No, it doesn't sound familiar at the minute a lot of people when i first found it it was uh made reference i found this when looking for another case but it just referenced maria clausen it didn't mention the jane bit but then as i discovered um she also has other family members called jane so i wonder if a lot of the time they dropped the jane to make it a bit less confusing yeah but actually her name is her full name is jane maria uh clausen okay so it doesn't sound it's not triggering anything okay hopefully it's good then because it'd be a surprising case for you (laughs) Natasha. So, um, Jane was born in 1854 in a place called Deptford. She was the second child born. She obviously had an older sister. 
Um, but she would die of consumption, which is basically a general term for like a waste and seizure. It's things like, you know, like tuberculosis yeah. and that sort of thing. It's very popular at the time, especially yeah. in impoverished areas. Popular. <laughs> We're not popular, common. common. <laughs> it's a common thing. It's a popular thing to die of. <laughs> yes, yeah, so obviously impoverished areas. Mm-hmm. That was not popular. It was common, not popular. <laughs> um, she also would have a younger sister. Now, um, Jane had a mum who was also called Jane. Okay, yeah, that was <laughs> usual back yeah. then. But unfortunately, she Jane died. Mummy Jane died when Jane was just 13. Oh, so, yeah, no, not very good. Um, she would then go to live with her aunt Elizabeth Trotter and cousin Charlotte. Trotter? I know there's a Trotter. <laughs> there is mention later on in the trial of a William Trotter, so he'll be the uncle, but I'm not actually sure whether he lived with the aunt and the cousin because some of the... Um, the accounts are a bit conflicting. So he is about, but mm. I'm not sure whether he lives with all of them. Did you see if he's related to Dan Trotter at all? No, I haven't been able to find <laughs> that out. Maybe I should ask him for his genealogy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like, can you can you link you to this case, please? I- I'll find out. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so she also has her... Her dad is still alive, but he's not in frequent contact with them, okay. which is why I'm presuming she lives with her aunt. So it'd be her and her younger sister have gone to be with the aunt and the cousin. Yeah possibly the uncle now obviously 13 back then people were already starting to get jobs so by the age of 14 so i'm presuming not long after she's moved in with her auntie she would take up a job as a maid servant for the puck family puck. well i think it's puck it's spelled p double o k so it's either pook or puck oh but pook, pook sounds a bit funny like i'm trying to say puke but it's kind of cute though pook pook no pooky so i don't know how you want to reference them it's either, it it's p double o k but I'm going to go with Puck. Because you've got like Tuck and sh- Do you know what I mean? Like that's like double O. Yeah, but I'm... Mm, I like Pook. Oh, you want me to call them Pook? Yeah. I'll call them Pook for you. <laughs> pook. <laughs> if there's anyone with that surname, if you could maybe clear that up for us, I'd be very grateful. Not that it helps in terms of this now because no. the episode will already be out, but we'll have an I answer. Guess, I guess both could technically be right. Versus that there's so many different pronunciations for people's names. Hmm. I don't actually know. So I'm just going to roll with one. But I'll say pook because you like that. So it'll cheer you up. So (laughs) I'll go with that. So she's 40 when she goes to work for the pook family. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to make me giggle now. Um, Her employer was Mr. Ebenezer Pook. Oh my God. (laughs) Brilliant name. That's perfect. And he ran a printed business which had strong links with the Times of London. So he's very well off. Yeah. Um, now, by the t- time Jane had turned 16, she started having an affair with one of the sons of the <gasps> family. Oh, no. Edmund Walter Pook. These <laughs> <laughs> names. Right. Which um, he was a few years older than Jane. Now, obviously, he wasn't unheard of for this mm. sort of thing to happen. Um, but it would have been frowned upon that a man of Edward's standing is messing around with a servant. Also, she's like 16, so therefore, what, middle-aged at this point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. So now this is where it gets a bit interesting because when I looked for the first bits of information, there really wasn't... Well, everyone's account was the same and it all tallied up and it all basically said the same thing. Okay. They said the affair was discovered and Jane was dismissed. Now, the Pook family, or Pook, would dismiss her on the ground so that she had slovenly habits, which basically refers to being, like, unkept. She mm. looks messy, probably a bit lazy in her work. Mm. So is that to cover up? The fact they don't want to dismiss her over an affair and admit there was one? Or, as I look into things as it goes along, is it because there wasn't an affair? 
Okay. Are you um, thinking rape? No, I'm thinking as I go on, I don't really want to spoil it, but a lot of the accounts, basically the accounts of the affair come solely from Jane. So I'm... Oh, okay. Yeah. I think there was more than like, there probably was an affair of some sort, but there's never any concrete proof of it happened. No one ever, ever sees them together. And the only accounts of her having an affair is what Jane's told her cousin. Oh, so she really, really likes this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is where the trial will get interesting later because I'm not saying there wasn't an affair, but there really wasn't much it's proof. It's not like it was a words. big scandal. Yeah. And then she's done. So I wonder, the chances are, I think in those days, there probably might have been an affair. They quickly got to separate them and they need an excuse. To get, they don't want to, the family didn't want to disgrace themselves. Yeah. So they need an excuse. So the easy thing is to blame her while she was yeah. unkept. Yeah. But at the same time, it might have, genuinely been that was the case in hindsight that's what it appears like yeah yeah okay so i thought that basically all the accounts say that she wasn't a fan and obviously then she's like the younger girl and because she's not come from a very good background they've just dismissed her yeah but yeah like i said as the case goes on and i delve into things like for me it brings a little air of questioning as was there an affair okay now i'm gonna take you to this because this case is quite complex and how it changes the next bit i'm going to discuss is the day of the murder and then i'll go into the trials so the day of the murder now jane by all accounts was quite close to her cousin charlotte and they'd had many conversations one of these conversations involved jane telling charlotte that she was now pregnant with edmund's baby she claimed to have written a letter to edmund telling him this and that he had written one back arranging to meet her near blackheath on the 26th of april so apparently he's all fine about it. But this is where it gets interesting. Now, there was never any evidence of either letter and neither letter was ever found, so it couldn't be used in the trial. Mm. The mention of these letters came from Charlotte, who was told by Jane. Jane would apparently also tell Charlotte that Edmund was going to elope with her. So it's gone from she was having an affair with him, the family have got rid of him, it's a disgrace, to now all of a sudden he finds out she's pregnant and rather than it still being a disgrace he's just going to run away with her like he's fine but there's no evidence of any of these letters because you could understand Edmund destroying his yeah but why would Jane destroy hers people later on yeah yeah, her later on people say the reason this is done is uh, Edmund told her to burn the letters and that's why she burned her it's not impossible yeah that is a usual thing yeah Yeah. but also again it means there's absolutely no proof of this affair Mm. you know at least if there was one letter it's all basically it's hearsay yeah so now on the morning of the 26th of April, a PC Donald Gunn, brilliant name <laughs> to this, was walking his beat when he found a young woman gravely injured, according to him moaning pitifully. The PC would later claim that she muttered the words, oh, let me die, and named her assailant as Edmund. Oh, wait, did she do it to herself? It sounds a little bit like, oh, but woe me, I've tripped and it's that, it, yeah it sounds like but to she's... me when it goes on to how much she's been battered i'm surprised she can say anything at all which is oh so she's been battered it's not self-inflicted yeah because it says she apparently names her assailant as edmund before slipping into a coma mm. so i was already a bit iffy when i read that i was like mm, okay yeah so she would then be taken to guy's hospital where william and elizabeth trotter identified her as jane she would die a few days later from her injuries on the 30th of april now, the injuries sustained to Jane uh, were to her face and head. Um, when she'd been found, she was bleeding heavily. She still had her purse with her, which was undisturbed and still had its contents. So not seen as a robbery. Mm-hmm. And there was no indication of or evidence of sexual assault. Okay. So she's basically been had her head bashed in. 
from what I could make out. Definitely not self-inflicted. Okay, yeah. Now, obviously, as I've said, it was claimed by PC Gun that she named Edmund as her attacker. Now, it kind of sounds like case closed, but that piece of evidence was dismissed as hearsay in the trial. And I understand why they've done that, because he's just saying, oh, yeah, she goes, oh, let me die. It was Edmund. Like, that's it what... Is, it is weird. If she's that badly battered yeah. that she slips into a... Co- I'm not saying she couldn't have muttered some words, but to say something so clear... Yeah, she probably said his name because that's what who she's thinking of in that moment. Yeah, possibly. And like, I'm not saying she could have said it. It was like, it was Edmund. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's like she's describing what happened. Yeah, and it's it's the, too much. to me it was the dramatic, oh, let me die. Like, yeah. I imagine it being yeah. really theatrical. That's why at first I thought, did she do it to herself and she's blaming him? I mean, no. that is... To be fair, I mean, it's a bit hard for her to yeah, bash her own head yeah, in, but now you've thrown like... it out there, I don't think it's unlikely, but not impossible, I don't think. So there you go, they've maybe thrown another theory in there already, Natasha. So now, before I get properly into the trial, I'm going to tell you a bit about the police's visit to the Puck House, or Pook. Pook House. <laughs> now, Superintendent Griffin and, Detec- and Detective Inspector Mulvaney from Scotland Yard um, they first spoke to a landlady, you're going to love this next bit, called Fanny Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I had to include her. <laughs> oh, God. Do not name children Fanny. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fanny Hamilton. I'm sure we had a dick the other day as well. We always have dick in our stories. Yeah, dick and Fanny. Right. It's a shame there's not a dick in this, actually, because it would have been absolutely brilliant. She would claim that she'd seen Jane the night before the murder and that Jane had said she was going to see her boyfriend, Edmund Pook, or Pook. That then led detectives to the Pook house. The Pook house. <laughs> now, Edmund didn't make a very good first impression on Griffin and uh, Mulvaney. They said... That's what I'm saying, funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I've got funny... I've got funny in the head. <laughs> Get the fanny out of your head. I can't. <laughs> oh, God. I've got the giggles. <laughs> oh. <laughs> more fanny fanny. <laughs> I was thinking fanny more feather. Oh, God. Can you imagine if there is... I bet there is a fanny more fanny out there. I bet there is. We're going to have to Google that. Oh, God. Oh, I, need, I need to compose myself. <laughs> right i'm sorry listeners yes edmund didn't make a very good impression on um i'm just gonna go with griffin and the other detective (laughs) um they said there was blood stains on his trousers and the right wristband of his shirt Mm -hmm. this was enough for them to arrest edmund and he was taken into police custody now a hammer with blood on it would then be discovered a mile from where jane had been attacked but this is a little bit after the murder right yeah so i see now there's been a, a hammer found and it's they said they think that's the murder weapon. It's found it a mile away. Yeah, it's just written in the first reports. It's like, yeah, that's that's it. There's okay. the murder weapon. There's not just the hammer lying in the street. That's it. Yeah. Really? It's a blood-stained one, yeah. So It could have been from yeah, anything. That's what I thought. But that's what they're saying is the murder weapon. Okay. Now, this case would first go to the coroner's court, which is kind of similar. It kind of happens still today. Yeah. And um, for a hearing, there was a jury in that. And they found Edmund guilty of willful murder of Jane. He pled not guilty and it was then committed to trial at the Central Roman Law Court at the Old Bailey before Chief Justice Sir William Beauville. Mm-hmm. This trial would find him not guilty and he would be released. Now, this is for me where things get a little bit interesting. It was already suspicious. The yeah. Hammer, yeah. So, my first thought was, well, why is he not, 
why is he found guilty and then not guilty? Not guilty. Yeah. Because when you read the accounts, like I said, if when you when I first searched it and looked at different reports, they were all saying that basically they had an affair. She gets dismissed. Then she's pregnant. She suddenly dies. He's found guilty of it. Then not guilty. And I think it, it sounds a bit yeah. clear cut. Yeah. But at the same time, then I think, yeah, but how did they find him guilty and then not guilty? And then this is where when you look at reports and news re- newspaper reports and even more modern ones that have been written since, they are all certain that Edmund was and is still guilty and said that the public were obviously written at the time. It was like public outrage that he got away with it. And everyone is claiming the only reason he got off was because of his higher status. Okay. Now, being, being me, I'm thinking, okay, that is quite likely for the time. Mm-hmm. But also, I found it like, why did they find him not guilty? It made no mention of what it was that changed that made them find him not guilty. And I just couldn't find anything. And so, other than people saying, oh, it's because it was clearly because of his higher status. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's got to be I know, more than that. Yeah, and I yeah. thought, there's got to be something in it. And it, it could have been money. It could have been high status. But I need something to prove that that's yeah. why it was. So then I was sort of looking into it and then I was obviously, me being me, I got stuck down a rabbit hole. So I was typing in for like other suspects and there was no other suspects. No one ever gets arrested for it. No one ever else goes to trial for it. So, so even after the fact, they think they have their man. Mm-hmm. They can kind of convict him. Then they don't. Yeah. So why don't they continue looking? Yeah. So for me, it's almost like it's been case closed. Yeah. And I'm a bit like, well, well you, you can't have... leave it there. Yeah. So I obviously then, um, it was then I was looking into it and then I found another report where it said that after the trial, um, obviously his family were a bit disgraced and some say he not ran away, but they moved away and changed their identities. And some say that the far, uh, Edmund's father refused because obviously he had his printing press okay. and he stood his ground. And then this is when I found reports of a uh, trial including Edmund. There'd be two later libel cases that go to trial against papers and pamphlets that had accused him of being a murderer even after he'd been acquitted. Now, these trials didn't help Edmund or paint him in like sort of more like a uh, favourable light as he had to answer questions that couldn't have been asked in the criminal court. So the hearsay comments could be brought in. Okay. So basically, in these libel cases, the ones where the PC Dunn had said, she said, oh, let me die, Edmund did it. This was now allowed into these court cases. Yeah. So for the jury on those, they weren't very happy. But ultimately, in both of these cases, he Edmund still won and he was actually awarded £50 in damages. So even okay. after this, he's still seen as innocent. But then this is where people, especially more modern day, are saying, mm. well, it's clearly his status. He's just got away with it. His dad had a printing, pe- so like printing press. Yeah. Of justice, yeah. So, and I, I get where that's coming yeah. from. But for me, there was still a massive thing of how do you go from being guilty to not guilty? Where, where did this not guilty come from? So... From what I can make out as well at the time for crimes, it was a bit hit and miss. But what I, from what I can make out is that at the time, if you'd already been acquitted of a murder, you couldn't then be tried for the same murder unless there was new substantial evidence. Oh, okay. Is it like kind of, is it double jeopardy? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, everyone seems certain that there was no one's, and there was no one saying otherwise, yet most of the reports failed to mention why he was not found guilty. So mm-hmm. other than the fact, the only things I could think up were the fact that um, the judge had, dismissed Jane's last words as hearsay and that Edmund was of higher status. They were the only things people were saying as to why he'd been acquitted. That was it. But to me, it's but not enough they, for they, someone yeah, to be acquitted. They randomly found a hammer. Yeah. It's not necessarily linked to the crime. Exactly. So naturally, me being me, I wanted to have a look into it. And that's when I discovered a book called The Rivals of the Ripper, which is basically a book into murders. Mm. And it found accounts from witnesses from both the uh, the prosecution and the defence. 
That sounds like a really good book. It is. And this is where, for me, it blew it wide open <laughs> and I've got my reasonable doubts. Okay. And this is where I think initially you might maybe slightly disagree with me and still think he's definitely guilty. And then... I don't know if you'll don't, disagree. I don't know if but, I, think, I don't know if I find him guilty to begin with. Yeah, I've already from the beginning. I just for me, I it was the instant of you know if he'd found him with not hammer. guilty. <laughs> well, no, no. In terms of yeah. the case, if they've just found him not guilty. You could have gone, okay, I get the higher status yeah. thing. But the fact he was found guilty and then not guilty for me, it was something changed. What changed? And it's not as if like he paid them all. Yeah. So I mean. Possibly, with I haven't found any evidence of that. But it's just, there's no evidence that he did it. Yeah. So this is where then I'll start with the police's witnesses. So obviously these are all against Edmund. Okay. Now, firstly, was a lady called Miss Prosser. She was the wife of a Woolwich costermonger, which is someone that sells like fruit and veg in like a hand cart okay. um, in the street. I know I wondered what one was because I thought it's not just a market person. It's mm. not like a fishmonger, but effectively it's the same. They sell a bit of everything, but it's in like a moving cart. They travel. Yeah. yeah. She would testify that on Tuesday night she'd seen Jane and that she Jane had said she was going to see Edmund and that three months earlier Jane had told her she was pregnant. However, Mrs. Prosser had never seen the pair together. Now, remember this for mm, later because okay. it's very important. Okay, I remember it. Okay. <laughs> now, next was a man called Thomas Lazell. He claimed that on the evening of the murder he'd seen Edmund Pook by, the, by his father's cottage in Kidbrook Lane at 7pm with a girl. Could be Jane. Mm-hmm. Lizelle sat grinning in court, which was deemed unsatis- made him an unsatisfactory witness by the defence. But was when grinning yeah, in court, yeah, so already I'm a bit like, I don't really like you. What's why is he grinning? Okay, um, but yeah. when challenged, he maintained um, and that it was definitely Edmund he saw. So it could have been maybe a nervous sort of yeah. thing. I mean, yeah, you smile when you're uncomfortable as well. Yeah, or he could be enjoying it. Yeah, possibly, or he might not like Edmund. There's always that. Yeah. So next was a... uh, No, sorry. Telling a lie. Then there was a confectioner called Elizabeth Elizabeth Plain and her daughter, Susan Billington. They testified that on Tuesday or Wednesday, they couldn't remember, (laughs) Edmund, which is very important because one day she gets murdered and the next day she doesn't. So Edmund Pook had come to their shop in Royal Hill, Greenwich, and that he seemed very excited and flushed and said that he'd been running from Lewisham Road. Mm. He wanted a brush to clean his clothes and made rigorous use of it, apparently. Okay. Cleaning his coat and paid particular attention to his right trouser leg. Now, if you remember when the police arrested him, they said there was blood on the right trouser leg. But they're saying he's very vigorous in his cleaning. He, clean, he, he returned the brush saying the rest will wash off with a sponge and then he brought a bag of lozenges and left. They never made any notice of the fact that they spotted blood, yet mm. the police found blood. They said it was mud. Mm. Now, the lane where she was found was muddy, but you would have thought they might have noticed some blood as well. Yeah, and also a, a brush wouldn't get rid of mud. Uh, blood. Yeah, it just mush it in more. Yeah. So then the police's next witness was a, pro- a porn broker called John Thomas Barr, who knew Edmund by sight only. He'd seen him walking towards Mrs. Plain's shop at 8.50pm, and another two witnesses claimed that they'd also seen Edmund return to Greenwich, adding that he'd been walking fast and that he'd been very red in the face. So they're painting a picture that he was running away from the murder scene. Okay. Now, Professor Leatherby gave damning evidence um, against Edmund of his bloodstained clothes and that hair was found on his trousers, which was similar to uh, the same, or that was similar or the same colour of Jane's. However, this wasn't challenged by the defence at the time. Now, already I'm getting a bit 
iffy because how did the surely the confections lady if he's brushed it off how did he have it later so that was my first thought and i'm already like as soon as i started reading this book i was like hang on a minute also why didn't they look at the brush surely there'd be some blood in the brush. well yeah there's that as well Mm. now also against edmund's defense was uh, the account of Mary Ann Love, another of Edmund's girlfriends. She said she'd walked with him down Kidbrook Lane before on the 23rd of April with his cousin and another girl. He told her that he would be busy on Monday and Tuesday since he would go to London to sing. It proved to be a lie told by Edmund after the testimony of Alice Wicks, who said that Edmund was trying to create a fake alibi through saying that he'd been to see a Miss Dumford on a Tuesday and he'd also seen her on a Thursday. He couldn't, of course, be in, in London singing and seeing Mrs. Dunford at the same time. Yeah. So he kind of incriminated himself a little yeah. bit here. Okay. So you can kind of see where in the coroner's court, they've not really got any other suspects as a blood one. Okay, I'm already a bit iffy about some of it, but several people have said they've seen him running away. He's he's brushed off his trousers. He's lied about where he is. Yeah. He seems a bit funny. Yeah. So... Now, no one has actually witnessed the attack, but there was a description given of a man supposedly fleeing the scene. Unfortunately for Edmund, he matched the description given. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, but I think then weren't all the men back then. Yeah, that's what I was hats, thinking in my head. They're all wearing suits, they're all wearing, yeah. Yeah, very similar dress. So, what was Edmund's defence at this point in the coroner's court? He stated that he couldn't have done it because he was somewhere else and offered the name of a person who might be of interest. Now, this is what pissed me off later is they never named who the person of interest was and they didn't even look into it. So that, for me, was a big red flag. Okay. He stated he wasn't with anyone, but that he'd had to run home in that evening because he felt a fit coming on. Now, when I looked into it, he was known to have epileptic fits, although I'm not quite sure why he's running home. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's seen as from the coroner's court, he's incriminating himself. It's an excuse. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah, I understand you, where they're you don't coming from. feel them come on, no. do you? Especially you wouldn't run. It was also said that he couldn't be left alone because of them. So in that, that was the case, him saying he was alone and not with anyone else. You're running away, yeah. Yeah. So I can see why he sort of incriminated himself. Yeah. But at the same time, it's still, there's not enough for me to go, well, okay, that makes you a murderer. You've just clearly lied about something. Yeah. So what are you hiding? Yeah. Yeah. So, when then asked about the clothing on the night, it matched the description of that worn by Jane's assailant. His defence stated that the blood found on his clothes were most likely due to the blood of him biting his tongue during an epileptic epileptic seizure, although the police argued that there was too much blood on his clothing to be caused by this. But your tongue does bleed a lot. It does bleed a lot. And when I... why would it be on his trousers? I don't know. I get the one on his sleeve. Yeah. Because, like, maybe, like, put yeah. it against, like, move your arm up. But, yeah, yeah. I don't get... So, again, he's not really... The defence isn't brilliant. Unless he's wiping his face. <laughs> I don't know. He's cur- curled up in a ball, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. No, because you'd be, like, away from your leg. Well, you'd think. But uh, already... I-, I get why he's kind of incriminating himself. He's suspicious, but he's probably he's probably doing something other than this. Yeah. That he shouldn't be doing. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. So... Now, if you remember, a hammer had been found later covered in blood. The police deemed this to be the murder weapon. They managed to trace the shop that it had come from. Many witnesses for the police uh, testified that they saw Edmund purchase it from the shop on the Monday before the murder, although there was conflicting accounts about it because someone claimed it to be a pair of scissors. The shopkeeper said they couldn't identify Edmund as the man who bought it. Okay. Then this is, for me, is where things really start to get interesting and quite good for Edmund's defence. Okay. So the shopkeeper was obviously looked into. This is, like, now the defence 
is going in on the witnesses for the police. So like cross-examination. Yeah. Um, the shopkeeper's book was looked into and there was no record of a hammer being bought on that day. Now, obviously, and they obviously hadn't identified Edmund as the man who had bought it. They offered no reason as to why it wouldn't be recorded. Some did argue, um, in terms of them not identifying Edmund, that maybe the shopkeeper didn't do it because they didn't want to be responsible for someone going to the noose. Because obviously, if he'd been found guilty, he would have been hung. Which I kind of get, because if you weren't 100% certain, you don't want to say yes, then he gets hanged and then it turns out he's innocent. I, I, I get that. I get that. But also, why wasn't it recorded in the book? And again, yeah. the errors are made, yeah. but it's so much of a coincidence that the night he's gone gonna... to buy the murder weapon. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'll forget about that. Yeah. It's very convenient. Yeah. Yeah. So. And no... they'd be um, to just with their record keeping, they're going to yeah. be on it. And this is it like... from what I can make out, everything else was well kept. Yeah. So it would seem silly that they missed. I'm not saying it's, it's not impossible, yeah. but it's just what are the chances of it happen happening to be the murder mm. weapon that's not been recorded and the shopkeeper is the one who can't identify him but everyone else could which yeah. is suspicious which to me sounds like the police have just got people in yeah. that were around at the time and go you say that you or, saw him buy it or they think they saw him do it because of who he is yeah so therefore yeah, the police are certain yeah. and almost like they've not Coerce the witnesses, but they've given the witnesses a script, if you like. Or the witnesses just think they're doing a good deed because there's nothing else tying him to it. So they're like, I saw him do it. I saw him buy it. Exactly. So you you don't know what's going on. But I was already a bit iffy about some of these. So then now this is some witnesses that have been brought in for the defence. Another man had seen a girl who matched Jane's description with a man. She shouted, let me go or let us go. The man claimed that the girl uh, addresses the man that she was with is Charlie, not Edmund. Mm. Although he did agree that Edmund was in similar appearance when cross-examined later again by the police. Okay. So he's basically saying he'd seen another girl around the time who matched Jane's description, but she was with a man who he thinks she addressed as Charlie, not Edmund, which I don't see so, how... It's not like Charlie's an abbreviation of Edmund. No. So either he... This man could have got a bit confused and it's not something at all. He didn't hear Charlie... But also Charlie and Edmund, yeah. to say, are two very different things. You know, if it was it's like... It's not as if it's a nickname. Yeah. And, well, it's not even like Edmund is even close to no. Charlie. No. Do you know what I mean? You know, like, I don't know, say it was like Freddie and Eddie, you yeah. could say, like, you've yeah. missed it. Yeah. Um, so is Charlie the suspect? Possibly, for mm. me. This then, I looked at it and I think it could have been... An, the man could have got a bit confused. Mm. And it's just so happened that that works nicely for the defence. Yeah. But also it could be that this was another person or it could have been another couple entirely that were around at the same time yeah two men then would claim that they'd seen edmund and lewisham around 8 p.m on the evening of the murder and that a wo- and then a woman would testify that she'd seen him waiting on lewisham road between 8 30 and 9 p.m now if you remember back to the police someone said they'd seen him running from that area but at a slightly different time yeah so she'd seen him waiting there mm. so by these points but if he's at this lewisham road he also can't be at the murder at the time of the murder so no. Um, it's too far away, the distances. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So, do you remember Jane's cousin Charlotte, who I mentioned earlier? <gasps> she could be Charlie. No. Oh. She kind of throws things up in the air a little bit when she testifies further. Okay. Um, because she testifies about Jane having another boyfriend. Mm. Now, up until this point, it's made out that, um, obviously, Edmund is a bit of a ladies' man um, because he has multiple girlfriends. Yes. Now, Jane has multiple boyfriends. His name was... Uh, Harley Fletcher, he was a sailor and he was currently at sea. So he couldn't have maybe murdered her, but 
it also that innocent little Jane is now not quite so innocent as she was first made out. I'm not saying it's an excuse for her to be murdered, but she was painted as oh this poor woman, like she did no wrong. She was right. She's like her uncle had made things in the press saying like she was a virtuous woman. Blah blah. blah. So I think you're like she's got pregnant and now she has multiple boyfriends. She's not the innocent little girl in a white dress that they were painting her to be. Also, how long is, did you say Holly? Mm-hmm. How long has he been at sea for? I don't know. It didn't so say. He just said he was at sea at, he, at the time. He might have given her permission, I guess, to like date other people. Yes, maybe? this is what Charlotte was saying. That yeah. He had given her permission. Okay. But already to me, that opens up the fact, well, there's now another man. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? It's... And she's so obsessed with Edmund. Edmund? Yeah. And this is it. Everyone was painting out Edmund to be like, oh, he's going around and got multiple girlfriends. I think, well, Jane's not completely innocent in this either. <laughs> I'm not saying that no. there was necessarily anything wrong or it's an excuse for her to be, like, it's a reason for her to be murdered. No. But already they're trying to paint Edmund in one way. And she's she's practically not doing the same, but she's not as, like I said, not that little girl in a white dress as we're painting her out to be. So yeah, he's being accused of murder because he's dating multiple women. Yeah. She's doing the same, but she's murdered. Yeah. Before he's done it. Yeah, it's it's double standards. Yeah. Yeah. Now at this point... I feel sorry for Harley because she's so obsessed with... Edmund. Apparently, yeah. (laughs) What happened to him? He's off at sea. He could be dying. What ship is he on? It doesn't say. It just said that he was at sea. That's all I could find at the time. What's his name again? Harley. Harley Fletcher. So, obviously, Jane is the only one going around telling people that she was in a relationship with Edmund. She supposedly told Charlotte that the reason that Edmund hadn't married her when it was found out about the affair was because his brother had already angered his father by marrying a woman below his station, and so he had no intention of doing that yet he's supposed to change his mind, writes a letter back to her to say that everything's okay and that he's now going to elope with her now that she's pregnant, yet neither some Edmund's do. or Jane's letters are found, some, going back to earlier. Yeah, some men do do that though, don't they? They stay with a woman because she's pregnant. Yeah, but he's already not ditched her, but like, yeah. you know, with the family, then to go back and to have to tell his family, not only was I having an affair with that woman, but I've now got her pregnant and we're going to get married. But sometimes a baby would like change the parent's mind. They're like, oh, okay. It could, but for me at this point, it's still the only thing about the pregnancy and it being Edmund's and the affair between Edmund and Jane. It's all coming from Jane. True. I just feel well, it's not even Harley. She's yeah. completely like we're getting married and I'm having a baby with some some other guy. What exactly. happened to Harley? I don't know. She's obviously bored of him now. So obviously, as I said earlier, some argued that Jane's letters were burnt because Edmund told her to, and obviously Edmund's would be destroyed for an obvious reason if he's trying to hide an affair. Yep. Now, in the Pook house, (laughs) a fellow lodger by the name of Emily Woolwich knew of Jane's attachment to Edmund, although she never saw any familiarities between them and never saw them together in a romantic way. So again, she knew that Jane was fond of him, but never saw it being reciprocated. Oh, okay. Yes. So again, it's another case of Jane has said something. Also, if she is pregnant, how far along is she? This is... You know how I told you to remember the pregnancy comment later. Yeah, I'm about like, to get she into was that. Supposed to be three months gone, mm-hmm. a while ago. Yeah. Surely this should be like a bump of yeah. some kind. This was what I was do starting they to think. Do autopsies back then, I think they, they do. do, and that's when I'm about to bring something Where's, else up. There's the baby. <laughs> so this then takes me back to the testimony given by Mrs. Prosser for the police. She stated that Jane had said she was on her way to see Edmund, yet she too had never actually seen them together. Mm. Also, as we've just identified, she testified that three months before jane had told her she was pregnant with edmund's child yet when the coroner um in the coroner court and they did an autopsy they found her to only be two months pregnant at the time of her death so that means three months before she was pregnant she's either lost it and got pregnant again 
within a, a month yeah mm-hmm. which is not impossible but i find a bit unlikely because your body needs i know yeah. you can get pregnant again quickly after you've given birth but i'm presuming if you've had a miscarriage your body needs yeah. a bit of time to bounce back it also opens up to the fact that maybe it wasn't edmund's baby and it was someone else's if she already has at least one other boyfriend Mm. do you see what i mean but if she's gone for edmund to be fair i am surprised that she actually is actually is pregnant i mean yeah <laughs> it, it do it at first i was a bit like is she going to not be yeah I but at so. the same time there's I still thought, no proof it's edmund's no, it's just it her might, saying i thought it might all be in her head uh, yeah i mean to be fair like i said when you look at this it is just her going around saying everything mm. but could it be, i mean it could be edmund's baby they could have had an affair or she could have had edmund's baby lost it She's now got pregnant again and she needs it to trap Edmund because... No, I just thought of something. Maybe she was like after him so many times, like it was unreciprocated the yeah. entire time. They find He finally gave in, they had sex, she got pregnant. Yeah. And that was like the thing that like confirmed everything to her head. It wasn't all in her head, but it was. Yeah. Because he slept with her one time. So therefore he loves That's her, like, they're going to run away, yeah. they're going to get married. But for him, at that point, I feel like he has no interest in settling down. No. Like, you know, you like today, like, you can have a few girlfriends, but a few, few people you hang out with. Like, there's nothing wrong with that if you're not settled down in a relationship. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like that's how it was at the time, because obviously back then I still was a thing of you can't have sex until you're married and all that shit. <laughs> but obviously a lot, many, most people did. Yeah. It was just, it was kind of hidden. And then it was unfortunate if you got a pregnant and you were kind of in the shit then. Yeah. I feel like there's nothing wrong. Like it, to me, it wasn't abnormal for Edward to want to have multiple girlfriends. I'm sure there was lots of girls that he had friends with that he quite liked. Especially because he's well off. He, it's like it's the thing to do. He's allowed to do it. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I think, where going back to the whole high status thing. I think that's where the public were running with it. Like, oh, he's got away with it. He can do what he wants because yeah. of his status. And yeah. I get where it's come from. Yeah. But to me, I don't know. To me, there was just. I'm not saying that they didn't have a relationship, mm. but for me, the fact there was absolutely no concrete evidence yeah. of this relationship, um, neither from witnesses on the police or the defence's side. I don't know. It just, for me, it, it was painting a picture of like Edmund to be a womaniser and then her to be innocent. Yeah, actually, from her own admissions from Charlotte, she had at least one other boyfriend. So did she also have multiple? Because she've had three or four. I don't know. She was so obsessed with Edmund. <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe she probably started it off with mm. Harley, mm. then maybe went to work for Edmund and fell mm. madly in love with him and got a bit obsessive. So then now going back to the trial, this is where the police's case really starts to fall apart. Now, Thomas Lazell, who's testified for the police through a real spanner in the works, when he decided to add that on the morning following the murder, a labouring man had found a blood-stained handkerchief near the crime scene and handed it over to the police. Okay. Now, Chief Justice Boville was appalled that none of the police witnesses <laughs> had mentioned the handkerchief. Understandably, Superintendent Griffin was obviously recalled to the stand where he admitted that there was a handkerchief, bloodstained handkerchief, at the police station, but he hadn't thought to mention it in court. Why not? Yes. But you mentioned the hammer that was found a mile away. That probably has nothing to do Yeah, with. so for me, I'm like, okay, well, why are the police not mentioning this mm. handkerchief? Mm. It's like they're covering up something. Yeah, either, to me, at this point, it either could have proven that Edmund Innocence. did do it, yeah. or it could have pointed to another suspect. But yeah. I, f- yeah, I was a bit like, well, okay. handkerchiefs were usually embroidered, yeah, embroidered with like, yeah. names and stuff. Whose name is on it? Oh, I don't know. It no. didn't say that, but it just said another handkerchief. So I'm thinking, well, fucking hell, what, that's a major piece of evidence. Why has this not been brought into court? Oh, we have so many of these. We just <laughs> thought it was some, just another add, one to add on the file. But, but yeah. the hammer, they're a mile away. They're like, that's it. 
yeah. handkerchief right on the body. They're like, no. Nah. Uh, leave that. So then, and this is where Thomas really screws himself over, another man testifies against Thomas Lazelle and it said that he'd spoken to Lazelle the evening on the murder and that Thomas had made a comment about how desolate the lane had been and that he'd seen no person in Kidsbrook Lane, which is where she was obviously found. Another man also testifies that he'd seen the Puck brothers together at 7pm, contradicting Lazelle's meeting with him on the lane. He said he'd crossed him mm. at 7pm. So he can't be in the opposite side and on this side at the same time and also the lane be desolate. Mm. So Thomas Lazelle now is really poo-pooed himself. Um, <laughs> yes. Then in terms of Edmund's bloodstained clothes, there were several reasons given in his defence for this. Edmund had had a seizure and bit in his tongue on the 6th. Now, if I was thinking, well, that's fucking ages ago. But you think back then, people didn't have a lot of outfits. <laughs> and if they hadn't properly washed it, blood does stain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he'd had a seizure and bit in his tongue. This was all recorded at work. Other people have witnessed it. On the 6th, drawing blood. He'd also injured his finger on the 14th of April at the printing press. There again, had been quite a significant amount of blood. That might explain on the trouser leg then. Yeah. Yeah. Then a youth had also hurt his knuckle so much that they'd had to be bandaged up. So again, he sustained multiple injuries before the murders. The police argued that there was still too much blood and that when and that's when an expert was brought in, he said he believed the blood to be that of an animal, not human. Okay. So that would explain for the extra blood. So I don't know, maybe he's cutting something up like a butcher's yeah. something. So it, the police are saying, well, there's too much blood for a seizure or a finger cut, which, okay, kind of makes sense. But then... If this other expert is saying... Mm-hmm. The first expert said, oh, well, obviously we found the hair and the blood. It must be him. But obviously already Miss Prosser, her thing... Uh, not, sorry, the confectioner, her with a brush. He brushed it so vigorously, but he left her hair behind. Um, and then you go back to then now you bring in this new expert for the defence's side. He says he thinks it's animal blood, not human. So... Also, I have a question. Okay. She was battered in the head, right? Yeah. Is it confirmed it was with a hammer? No. So... Yeah, she's just battered in the head, yeah. yeah. okay. So then the police are now obviously making a very bad impression in court Mm. and it seemed in their eagerness to gather evidence against Edmund, they missed the worthwhile clues and neglected to investigate it properly. So for me now, it's like, well, this is why he's found not guilty. I think so. In the closing statements, the police were accused of concentrating their efforts on finding and fabricating evidence against Edmund instead of following up alternative clues or even checking Edmund's alibis. Mm -hmm. So I must have thought, fucking hell, the knife and checked his alibis. They had searched the dregs of Eltham and Greenwich for witnesses willing to perjure themselves against Edmund, especially that in the case of Thomas Lazell, who was very clearly lying about seeing Edmund. So then it brings into question absolutely everything everything else that he said. So for me, it's like, okay, well, why is he not found guilty? I don't think it's because of his status in society. I think he was found (laughs) because of reasonable doubt. Because... If I was on that jury, I know back then, the second one in the criminal court, it's done by people sort of on a panel. It's not an open jury like we have it today. But even if I was one of those men on that jury, I wouldn't find him guilty. There's too much, especially after that handkerchief thing, there's too much of a doubt in my head for me to go, I can confidently say he's guilty and hang him. I don't see how they linked him to the case. I don't. I don't see how they did it. So, granted, he obviously has motive. If it was his baby... And obviously, he's a high status. It's going to ruin his family's reputation. He's, he's got a good motive, basically. But regardless of that, they never produced any concrete evidence. There was never actually any concrete evidence. No, it was a like, lot of hearsay. Yeah, I think one guy was like, he did it, and then he just ran with it. 
Yeah. Wouldn't look at anything else. Yeah. And this was it. But also that handkerchief, it could have either found him guilty, like conclusively, mm-hmm. or it could have pointed to someone else entirely. Mm-hmm. And that's for me, it's like, even when I was looking into, um, obviously Edmund, and I, I know he contradicted himself, he didn't help himself out. And then I suddenly had another thought. He's obviously suffering these seizures, obviously, which can affect your memory. And I don't know how it worked with court then, but can they actually take, use his testimony? Because it might affect his memory. Like, you know, like today, mm. it was seen as not either, he's not necessarily fit to stand, stand trial, but they would say, like, the defense could very much go, like, well, he's cloudy in this because he'd had multiple seizures beforehand, his memory's a bit fogged. Okay. Like, it would help in his defense. Okay. I don't know how that would have worked back then. Mm. But for me, that was a thing that I sort of thought about. So I was thinking, well, maybe that could explain why Edmund tripped himself up with his defense, is because maybe he can't quite remember and, he, yeah. and he's trying his best. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Do you see what I mean? And with all the other mishaps, if there hadn't been this thing with a whole handkerchief and the witnesses contradicting mm. each other, I would have been a bit like, okay, he still looks pretty guilty. He's not helping himself. But especially that handkerchief, I was just like, <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? So then I was like, well, it's like is the... It's on her and they're like, oh, we don't need this. Yeah. It's like, it just disregarded it. But yeah, I just... Because. But this is it. I just think, how did they not even look into anyone else it was just it was rushed they like you said they found that one guy competence is what yeah. it is and this was it so then i was sort of thinking well could there have been another suspect is it like is it just me wishful thinking because i want it to not be him by the not that i want it to not be him but i have a doubt that it's him i feel like could it have been someone in edmund's family the Maybe. reason for this i'm sort of thinking if they were trying to protect Edmund, so that then throws up possibility, obviously, we know his brothers, mm. there's a father, mm. are they trying to, maybe Edmund didn't have it in him, um, or they knew he would have become a suspect, quite like a possibility of a suspect. He was a suspect anyway. Well, yeah, I know, <laughs> but I'm thinking before, oh, like, okay. for it pre, like, premeditated, if you like, yeah. could have been a case of the brother and father, think, right, okay, well, we'll deal with the situation, because obviously there's also that mention of someone seeing the brothers together. So mm. I know this just seems a bit far-fetched, but could it have been like, the father killed and he knew that the brothers would be together so it would have maybe he thought oh well it gives them a perfect alibi it couldn't okay. have been Edmund because the brothers were together yeah so like I said that throws up your family oh well, there's certain things well we obviously don't know there could there's a strong possibility there is other suspects and I think could it even have been one of the witnesses and they've tried to like cover it up and they've sort of become a witness to try and cover up their own tracks like yeah they said oh I've seen him do this because it it kind of seems personal attack because it's on the head. Yeah, head, yeah. Battering someone's head, it is personal, mm. which would suggest it's someone that they, that she knew. That she knew. Maybe it's Harley. I know, but he, he heard about <laughs> He heard about her, Johnny Lidler, her obsession with Edmund, and he's like, well, what the hell happened with me? Um, if it wasn't for the fact they said he was at sea, okay. I would have said he was a possibility. Yeah. You said something about Charlie. Charlie is sometimes a nickname for Charlotte. It is. Mm. I didn't. Ha- I hadn't considered that, but at the same time, I think it would. Ch- would Charlotte do it? And, no, I was just throwing in a suspect. Yeah, no, I know. I had. I hadn't considered that, but I think the same. Oh, I don't know what her motive would be. No. For killing. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to think. When I think of these suspects, I'm also trying to look for or motives. You said something about her having more than like dating around like Edmund so maybe there's um Harley Edmund and maybe someone else because you said that the baby was she was two months two months pregnant rather than three months so maybe she could have had she's so obsessed with Edmund he wasn't doing anything like reciprocating 
So she went somewhere else. But then eventually he finally gave in to her. Yeah. They had sex once. And then that kind of confirmed everything that in that was in her mind. Oh, okay. Maybe. And then someone else killed her because she then had an affair with Edmund. I don't know. Yeah, or like another jealousy sort of yeah. aspect. Yeah, and I had thought about that. And then, but going back to your point about Charlotte, could it have been Jane is slept with someone that Charlotte likes? Oh, yes. Did you see what I mean? Like, all these yeah. things are thrown up because no, no one else has ever even considered. Yeah. It, it's not looked at. Because you said Edmund mentioned someone, didn't you? Yes, he names yeah. a person who he thinks might be a person of interest. And then, but this is what frustrated me because I couldn't find the name of that person. Because if I could find the name, I would have done a little bit of investigating and see whether I felt personally they were a suitable suspect. Yeah. But it just wasn't listed and the police also didn't follow it. Hmm. So it's like, well, who the hell is this fucking person? Do you know what I mean? Unless the police are kind of covering up, maybe. Uh, I think it's more they're just, they were in a one track sort of mind, like, for them, they were so certain they just didn't even bother yeah. to look at everything else. It was it was lazy, and they were so convinced. But I still, even then, I don't understand how the police thought that was enough evidence to take to court because it was all hearsay. Yeah, it doesn't make sense as well because the hammer is like a mile away, the handkerchief is right next to the body. Yeah, they disregard the handkerchief, but the hammer, the hammer, the hammer is the thing. Yeah. So what if there's a rock next to the handkerchief that's covered in blood, <laughs> and they're like. No, that's not it. Yeah, definitely it's, not that. It's that hammer that's a mile away. But it's, it's just... I don't get it. You know what I mean? It's like, for the police, they want the evidence so they yeah. can secure the conviction. Yeah. Why be silly enough to go in just hearsay? And why miss out that valuable piece of evidence? It's like, that literally... It's okay, it might mean that who was your main suspect, it now proves that they're not the suspect. Yeah. But there's like that also means, you know, then you're definitely looking for someone else. Do you see what I mean? It's... Unless the one police detective is so adamant that it's him he refuses to look at anyone else oh, okay what so there was others that had concerns maybe yeah okay and, and he's like no we've got our man but yeah i don't know i don't i just to me the whole police thing was a cock up i'm not saying edmund didn't murder her he clearly if she's obviously making shit up about him or whether she is actually pregnant with his child it clearly either of those he's got motive one she's even like yeah. making defamatory comments about him that aren't true or she's highlighting things that are true that don't look good for him yeah. so i'm not saying he, he does have motive and it could have been a case of he was genuinely just very lucky mm. um, in which case but then like i said the handkerchief could have proven his guilt yeah or his innocence yeah yeah so for me i don't think it's a case if he got away with it I, I just there wasn't enough it's not as if he got away with it anyway because if he did it and then he didn't go to jail for it everyone suspects him for doing it yeah he did anyway that's how we ended up with those libel cases yeah but if he didn't do it yeah if he didn't do it yeah and they had brought that evidence properly and it would have confirmed like if they could have said yeah it was her blood but it definitely wasn't anything linked to him like it linked that handkerchief was linked to someone else and it would prove it would prove his innocence yeah in, in theory yeah so that would then clear his name obviously he did well enough that he still won his libel cases so he was ready to he it cleared him, I suppose in a way, I suppose maybe they thought it would clear his name, but it didn't. It obviously followed him. fighting for his name. So that doesn't scream the uh, motive of a... It screams the motive of an innocent person if you keep yeah. fighting for your name to be cleared. And that's it. And he could have... Like, I know I touched on already that obviously his dad had his printing press and he was pretty like, we're not moving away. But it's a time. If you got away with murder and 
you've already got your library case. Rather than keep bringing it into everyone's attention, if you were good, you'd do a fucking runner, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. The second you had a chance. Yeah. So the fact he was so set on proving himself, to me, screams that he was innocent. Or like I said, or even if he didn't murder it, but someone did it on his behalf, like I said, like a family member, he's still... It might have been something that he said that caused them to murder it. It doesn't make him guilty. Yeah. It's, like I said, it's still with the other person that actually committed the murder. Did you say this was linked to women's rights? Yes. So it's still mentioned today in a lot of cases. Obviously, it links back with women not being able to walk out at night. And they still use it as a big thing like, look, this man got away with it obviously because of his high status. It's the only reason he got away. This is what they use still in this women's rights thing, but they're basing it but off. It's not. Yeah, but when, like I said, when I looked at these reports at the beginning, when I was looking at it, if I'd gone based off those reports alone, because I said, that's what caught my attention, was this thing about, it was all about the women's rights, it's not safe at night, and I thought, oh, Natasha will like this, because it'll be a good case, and I thought, yeah, it's really good, and like I said, he looked a bit guilty, and obviously I was reading through the reports, the first bits were all the same, I thought, yeah, it is, it's almost like, that's not where the start of it was, because it would have happened before then, but it was like, that's another historical case, It's it's a really important one, that's why they still mention it today, and then I noticed the whole found guilty, not guilty. And I'm thinking, mm, okay. But like I said, no one had said anything. Yeah. And if I'd based this case, like that I've written up now, on those reports alone, because everyone, like, I'm not just talking like one or two reports, like every report I looked at was all saying the same. I would have been presenting a very different case to you now. The only reason I found it is because me being me, I didn't like the fact that you'd gone from guilty to not guilty. Yeah. And I wanted to find out, like, why? And it took me days to yeah. research it because... Every time I try to type in so many different things, I try to type in like other suspects, I tried looking for the names and the families, and nothing was coming up. And I only found this book by chance. And I mean, like, this was like after hours of looking, and I was almost at the point of giving up before I found this. And it was only because I was trawling through books that mentioned this case, um, and like what books had been written up. And this was the only one where I could find it. And I thought, oh, I found a name, and it says about the police. And it, I noticed it because. It was like, you know, um, obviously I didn't physically have the book myself, but you know when you can type stuff in, it gives you so many pages for free that you can yeah, read. Yeah. Um, and obviously I, ty- I typed that in. And it noticed something about the case, and it just happened, it caught my eye, something about the police as a witness, and I thought, oh, that's an extra good bit of information to include. I thought, yeah, I can't find out the whole not guilty thing, but at least I can include some stuff about the witnesses. None of that else is re- sort of written in any of the other po- reports. It was then when I read those witness statements that I realised they were for the defence, and there was a few things that picked up, and I thought, hmm, this doesn't seem quite right. So then I tried to get as many pages of it as I could and I kept typing different things into Google to try and get different sections of this book and I didn't obviously get the whole case that this person had written up, but I managed to find enough that it was about all the witnesses and then that's when I found out about the handkerchief thing and I was like, yeah, okay, this is where, for me now... Yeah, it's it's definitely reasonable doubt, like you said. Yeah. I wouldn't convict him, I don't think. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I no. couldn't comfortably do it, especially in those days where then you were hung for that yeah, crime. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Uh, it's not like you're just rotting in prison. Not that that's any better, but if you're innocent, but out of the two, yeah. at least you've got time to sort of exonerate yourself. Whereas if you're, you're hung, hung yeah. you, that's, that's the it. end. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know how this person in the book, where they got their sources, the only thing I can think of is because they were an author and they've written a few books is they might have access to sealed records. So like what was actually written in court. Oh yeah. Okay. Because I just found it strange how every other report, every newspaper, every other person that's written like a report on it like some people have done like things you know like uh not even university but like they've written a bit of a little report on it and i think you've sort of gone based off what everyone else said you know when you look through several things and it's almost written identical it's like you've either copied and pasted it or you've changed it slightly and put it in your own words yeah like wikipedia yeah yeah everyone was singing the same tune no one highlighted the fact that he'd gone from 
guilty to not guilty. And I, I just didn't like that. And like I said, it took me ages yeah. to find that bit of evidence. And obviously, for a lot of these cases, like, you'd love to look in all the records, but there's a lot of stuff that is restricted. So unless you've actually got access to those things, in terms of quick research, like, yes, we could ask for access. Yeah. But you think how long that would have took me to write the case. You know, a lot of the time, you think you are, a lot of the time, relying on what other people put. And if you're not getting stuff from both sides or don't find anything that sort of contradicts anyone else... Yeah. It's good that you've kind of found, like, the hidden story behind this story because then it's like you're debunking everything. So then maybe the women's rights movement going forward won't keep using this case. Yeah. Because because it's not... That's it, yeah. And I know they obviously have good intentions. And like I said, their argument is very valid. Exactly. However, they're basing it off a case on a man that could be innocent. Yeah. And I just, I don't like it. Like I said, for me, there's not enough. Like I said, he could, he could have still done it. He could have still been guilty. He could have got away with it. But there just wasn't the evidence. Here's like me, concrete it? proof that he yeah. got away with, he did it and then got away with it. Fine. Yeah. If there's no, there's no concrete evidence, there's just, like you said, Nothing. hearsay. But and like you say, in a weird way, there was the evidence. They just didn't use it. That true, and that for me, it was the poli- the lack of it's work the by the police. Yeah, yeah. I just it's hard because you look back and you think you can see how obviously it still happens today, but thankfully for the advances in sort of like DNA and all your other testing you can do, it doesn't happen as often. But there is miscarriages of justice mm-hmm. still. But you see how back then how so many people were sent away for things that they didn't do or were hung for things that they didn't do yeah. because they've got a one-track thing and that was it. And because then we didn't have the, enough science to prove or disprove it, yeah. it it was just, that's what it was taken on. And like I said, can you imagine back then if you were reading like the reports that I've read now or even me when you first read it and obviously clearly lots of other people yeah. still think he's surface, guilty. Yeah. It, it does look guilty, but without all that other bit you can't make that other informed decision yet that other bit of information just so happened to be very very important (laughs) they're like oh that's not important i don't need that it's like they did the same thing with the handkerchief they're just copying what the police did they're like oh this bit isn't important yeah it doesn't fit my narrative the thing is this is it It, whether it's because they didn't have access to sealed records Mm. i don't know because that's for me is where with this book because it's the only place that i found it that they've got the witnesses in the court yeah and obviously they make mention of the fact that the police missed out important evidence, i.e. the handkerchief. So is it a case of these other people are just going off newspaper reports from the time? Do you see? Yeah. I mean, cause, uh, to be fair to people that have made these, for general public asset, access like me and you, you, a lot of these historical cases, all you have got is the newspaper reports. And if the newspaper yeah. reports don't make reference to the fact... Sorry, I just of, saw a little yeah. spider. <laughs> a little spider, where's it gone? I don't know. It's run off. That money, we're coming into money. I think. Quick, find it. You want to throw it over your left shoulder? It is left shoulder, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, uh, we we got distracted. <laughs> yeah, by a spider. But yeah, so it's a case of if those, if the I don't know whether press would have been allowed into court at the time or whether it's more they're a bit on the outside. But if they were allowed in, why didn't they report about the handkerchief? Or was it? And it's just that those papers have sort of been lost. Mm. do you see what i mean we're even the press a bit prejudiced because you hear of cases now like trial by media don't you in theory back then newspaper was kind of the only media so because it's not as if like he did it and then he paid people off so he'd get away with it there's the evidence is just not there yeah Mm. so yeah no it's an interesting one but for him it's kind of confusing it is it it obviously stayed with him for the rest of his life. He did, he luckily, he did remarry. Okay. Um, and they did have a child, although unfortunately the child died in infancy. Okay. But he obviously was able to 
not move on with his life because it would have followed him wherever he goes but at least it wasn't the end for him if you like yeah. well, let's hope he didn't do it but, but then he's still got it on his shoulders yeah, either way, you'd still have that guilty conscience. You'd be, yeah. I suppose you'd be worried, will someone catch up with me? Like, will someone mm. come after me? But, but yeah, then if you did it, that should be your karma. Yeah. You can't rest. Mm. It's confusing. I just... I said, just for me, I just found it so fascinating that, like I said, if I'd gone based off all those other reports and hadn't... If it wasn't the fact I hadn't been curious enough to think, well, it was guilty, then not guilty. If I'd gone along with what everyone else thought and said, oh, it's only because of his high status, that's why he was then found not guilty. This case would have been very, very short and it would have been a very different one. I think I would have almost not chucked it out, but I would have been like, oh, it's a shit ending, so it's not enough to write a case. It's good. It's a good, like, hour-long case. But this is what I'm saying. Like, if I'd gone off that, I probably yeah. would have done it in, like, 15 minutes and be like, yeah, it's a bit shit. Look, it's still happening in history. It's still happening now. Well, that would have been the only thing I could have said. Mm. And that would have been it. It was only, like I said, it was only because I just thought, mm, I'm not really very happy with this, that mm. I started to delve into it. Edmund, what's his name? Pook. Walter Pook. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's confusing. Maybe the uh, listeners can give us some ideas, what maybe what they think. Yeah, yeah. If anyone, someone else might be able to rustle up another suspect. Someone might be a relative of a... <laughs> I think Charlie, who is Charlotte. Charlotte. That oh. is a good one. I hadn't thought about that. Maybe, yeah, or Charlie is Charlotte's um, lover. What, even though they're cousins? I mean, to be fair, that would be frowned upon anyway, so yes, it could go ahead. No, Charlie and Charlotte. Separate people. Oh, so there's a male Charlie and Charlotte. Okay. Mm. Yeah, and Charlie's been messing around with Jane, or Jane's stolen him. Mm. Yeah, okay, I didn't think about that, and she's pissed off Charlotte in the process. Yeah. Because like I said, Charlotte, as much as she's painting her well, she's also the one that completely unravels everything. Yes. Charlotte is the one who is obsessed with Edmund. Okay. She, he see, she sees that she's kind of interested in Jane. She gets rid of Jane. Oh, in the hope that she can have Edmund. Yeah. But then why defend your cousin in the first place? Why not throw her under the bus straight away? Because no one would suspect that, would they? Oh, yeah, it's I like, suppose. oh no, Jane told me all about Edmund because I had the letter, or she had a letter from Edmund. But there's, no, le- there's no evidence of that yeah. letter. See, Charlotte. Okay. Charlotte. You're convinced of Charlotte. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just throwing the out there. But yeah, no, I would, like I said, I would be really interested to find out who that person was that Edmund named. Mm, like I said, it yes. might be that it couldn't have been that person and then he's panicked, he just threw a name out there. Yeah. But also I wanted to know, because like I said, if they, if I could have found a name, I could have researched that person and then decided they, I might have been able to myself go, oh, I don't think that person could be oh, a suspect. That person that he named is the person who did it he paid the person people off so his name never gets released. Yeah, well, it could be another high-up person that mm. was able to get away with it. Ooh, maybe I hadn't considered that. It's like a, in a like a parliamentary position or something. Something that's very, very high up that you have that kind of power. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Power so I said, obviously, his father's behind him quite a lot. I think mm. his father's what's helped him, especially in those other libel cases. But yeah, I don't know. It's I just I wasn't happy with it. From the beginning. <laughs> so like I said, I'm, I'm glad I did look into it because I found I after a whole can of worms, if you mm. like. Give yourself a headache in the process. Yeah. Well, like I said, it took me hours in the end because then once you started unravelling it, I was then trying to back up everything and there was just nothing. Mm. And like I said, it was all one track. But yeah, I just I find it strange that it's still using women's rights today. Like I get why it's a case. But maybe look beyond the surface. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's an interesting one. Very interesting. Yeah, hopefully everyone has enjoyed it. 
We, mm. we never know how to end these Oh, I know. It's terrible. We, we still haven't learned. But yeah, like I said, thank you for listening. Yes. Um, are we signing off now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, keep cooping. And we'll keep digging.